Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, Big Book Study. My name is Larry Kay, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Monday, July 3rd, 2023. Uh, Today we are reading from the Big Book, and we're currently on page 91, the first paragraph. Uh, That begins, usually the family should not try to tell your story, and ending in... um, in the way of a solution. So we're going to just read the one paragraph only on 91. Today's readers, we have Carolyn S.H. on the 12 steps. We have Danny P. on the 12 traditions. And the readers of the text are Kathy S., Nancy P., and Susan S.H. Let me give you some share IDs. We got, well, for the Sunday special edition, a good one, no doubt, for July 2nd, that share ID is 20,405. That's 20405. And the share IDs for Friday, June 30th, uh, those numbers for the 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting, that number is 20,401. That's 20401. And for the 10 a.m. meeting on Friday, uh, 20,402. That's 20402. The OA Pre-Ramble Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope, while they're recovering from compulsive overeating, we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose. And that purpose is to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a vision for you, Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps in the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Let me now ask uh, Carolyn S.H. to do the uh, honor of reading the 12 steps. Carolyn, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, good everybody. Morning. Carolyn S.H. In Massachusetts, a grateful, uh, recovering, uh, compulsive overeater. The 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. 
can continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Step 11, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you. Thank you, Carolyn. Good morning. Okay. Oh, uh, good morning. Let me just introduce you. I think that's Danny. Danny, I'm going to ask you, Danny P., to read the 12 traditions. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Larry, for your service. Here is Danny P., a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace and the mercy of God. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is the desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, less problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, overeater Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. 12. Anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for letting me be of service. Danny, Danny P., thank you so much for the service. So here's how our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then we stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. I'll, I'll do some time here for you. Um, singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. 
our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year. For readers, it's six months. There is absolutely no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. And this meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. And of course, we're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. If you'd like to share, press star one to unmute. Uh, once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone again. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we, we're back in the big book, of course. We're on page 91, uh, the first paragraph, which begins, usually the family should not try to tell your story. And it ends with, in the way of a solution. So I'm now gonna ask Kathy S. to uh, begin reading and sharing uh, for us this morning. Kathy, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Thank you. Um, this is Kathy S., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Georgia. Usually, the family should not try to tell your story. When possible, avoid meeting a man through his family. Approach through a doctor or an institution is a better bet. If your man needs hospitalization, he should have it, but not forcibly unless he is violent. Let the doctor, if he will, let the doctor, if he will tell him he has something in the way of a solution. Um, so what really stands out in this paragraph is the very first sentence um, that the family should not try to tell my story because no one else can tell my story. <laughs> that was stated before the meeting started. Um, why? Because I isolated a lot in my binging. Only I know what foods triggered me and how. Only I know how I felt on the inside of any moment, any given moment, in any situation, what I perceived, um, fancied or real. Nobody else experienced that but me. And this is the thing that makes us uniquely qualified to be helpful to someone else. And that's what worked for me. It's when I share from the heart that other people can relate. There's this unique connection, this level of intimacy that I never and still cannot get with my family. I can't explain it, I don't understand it, but I just go with it. And that reminds me of the next word down there, forcibly, um, you know, that's in regarding to hospitalization, but I have learned even as a sponsor or um, just in my own experience, force never works. It didn't work for me, it doesn't work on me and it doesn't work um, on a potential sponsee either. It has to come, this is an inside job, it really has to come from within. And, you know, we can learn from, I think the idea here, they're talking about a doctor or an institution being a better bet because it's more of a neutral party. I know for me, um, and I think for most of us, that family, you know, is where my buttons were installed and, and family, is the, they're the ones that know how to push them. And so, you know, I, it's where a lot of my issues originated. And so that's what this program gets me redirected. It starts in this, in this part. And I, what I really hear in this paragraph is a sense of responsibility. Claiming myself, to, declaring for myself that I'm a real compulsive overeater. And this is about my relationship to a higher power. And then how I extend that, extend that hand to another uh, suffering compulsive overeater. God has a plan for each of us, you know, and, and I have to just let it all happen. Um, 
and let it all unfold. So, yeah, I was going to go, I, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of some other things to say. There's, ten, I, you know, with family, a lot of times there's a lot of tension. There's a lot of blocks. So, again, just seeking this outside help and, and, um, and finding that safe place, which I do find in this fellowship. And, again, I, I just have so much gratitude, even before the meeting, hearing so many familiar voices saying good morning. And I am just so grateful for, for the solution that I have found thanks to the 12 steps and the recovery, so, and to God. So with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks for letting me share, Larry. Oh, you bet. Thanks for getting us started, Kathy. Um, that was Kathy S. And so now let's transition to uh, open it up for some sharing. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your sharing to every third day in order so we can get others into the, into the game here. Um, so you can uh, unmute by pressing star one and give me your first name and last initial. Who would like to share? Hi, I'm Wanda. Can I share? It's from Hey, uh, Larry. Hey, Wanda. Okay, hang tight. We got Wanda. Who else do we have? KL. K. KL. Don't be shy. Vanita L. Vanita. Sorry. Anybody else? <laughs> Who else? Jessica S. from Ohio. Hey, Jessica. Good to hear you. Leah. Anybody else? We'll just wait you guys out. Okay, I couldn't hear you. We're getting a little static there, so let's go ahead and mute the. Okay, let's go. Yeah. What What was the name? Sheila B. From Florida. Oh, Sheila. Great. Thanks, Sheila. All right, that's a good group. Here's who I heard. I heard Wanda get us started. Kay, Vanita, Jessica, Leah, and Sheila. Wanda, you want to get us started this morning? Good morning. Press star one, Wanda. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. I hope everybody has a wonderful day. Hey, Larry, thank you for uh, being there for all of us. And, um, you know, the the paragraph is great, man. You know, and uh, thank you so much for the the lead. And... um, I know that the buttons that were installed in me by my family, uh, you know, um, are still there, you know, but thank God the 12 steps installed other buttons. And um, because, um, you know, I have a higher power, uh, the higher power gives me the power to press the buttons that, um, the higher power wants me to press. Um, and my brother got super angry at me, um, I mean, just for no reason, and held a grudge and yelled at me every time I talked to him on the phone. And uh, I I um, did get mad because I had the 12 steps, and... Uh, I apologize to him practicing a generosity 
that I didn't know I had. So um, it all worked out, and now today he's going to deliver six cartons of sugar-free um, almond milk. So um, he had open-heart surgery, and uh, I prayed for him. He's living, and, um, you know, he's basically a, my only family, you know, so um, I had to preserve uh you know, the relationship, and it didn't cost me anything, you know, so I gained, and, uh, you know, my ROI was um, perfect, you know, I just asked God for help, so um, I'm grateful, and uh, thanks for cheering, Larry, and that's all I got, thanks. Oh, good to hear you, Wanda, appreciate that. Okay, next up, we have K.L. followed by Vanita. Kay, good morning. Good morning. Can you hear me? I can. You bet. Can you hear me okay? I, I can, Kay. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Okay, yes. Good. Thanks, Thank you so much, Larry, and thanks for everybody that's on the line today to do service for each other. Um, I love this program so much. Um, I, uh, one of the things I always appreciate is, you know, how important approach is, the energy we bring, and, and family is so fraught with, I don't know, they're wounded. Sometimes they have the same addiction anyway, or another addiction. Anyway, it's just good, I think, that the family kind of gets a chance to heal as well, because even though I don't think there's like an Al-Anon for, for o, uh, OA people, I do think... Um, there's some pain there, and and let's face it. Once we stop eating, some of that, some of those feelings start to rise up, and uh, it doesn't look like. Well, for me, I should just say for myself, it doesn't look like success sometimes. It's like, oh my God, they're worse because we're not uh, sedating our feelings anymore. And so, um, I think it's nice to always think of the approach. Now, if the family can get well, I, I think there's a lot they can do, part of the contribute to the, what we always say, you can contribute to the problem or the solution, and that's nice, but it's also great that whether um, they support us or not, we can get help. And I like the gentle and kind, this was the first thing I noticed. Uh, when I went to family, they always had answers that they, it didn't fit because they weren't a compulsive, uh, compulsive eater. They it worked for them, and I was happy, but what they didn't realize is their suggestions actually caused me more pain because when I tried those things, I kept failing. And so, but when I got with my first sponsor in OA, it's like, oh, yeah, that's what we do. That's right. That's okay. Okay, this is what I do. And then they would share their story. And, and it was just as humility and grace and kindness that I, I know the other, I know the family members that were trying to help really wanted to, but they just didn't know what they didn't know. And because they were thin, they probably thought, well, I mean, I must know because I'm anyway. So I appreciate um, just this program of, just they offer a solution. Hey, this is what works for me. It's such a nice approach. It's not like, oh, if you don't do this, you're a failure. It's like, well, this is what worked for me, and I'm going to stick with you. There's lots of programs. Lots of, there's a lot of things we can do 
I know God will lead you to your answer. And so um, I just want to say I appreciate the kindness and the gentleness of this program. It saved my life. It was the first unconditional love I think I ever felt in my life. And not that I didn't have lots of love. It just, it was just different. And so I thank the people in these rooms. That's all I've got, Larry. Thanks. Oh, you bet. Thanks, Kay. Okay, next up we have Vanita, followed by Jessica. Vanita, good morning. Good morning. Vanita L. from Georgia, recovered compulsive overeater, but not cured. Yeah, so as far as the family not telling our stories, the situation I deal with more is when families of compulsive overeaters, if they know I'm in OA, you know, they want to get the other person recovered. And, um, you know, the first step isn't that your family members think that you're powerless over food, right? The person has to think it themselves, you know, and just asking, saying, you know, well, um, you know, I can bring brochures that you could give them or, you know, they can always call me, of course, if if, if they're interested, but it's going to have to come from them. So, I mean, that's obvious. I was thinking when we were talking about the medical providers, because obviously the situation is a little different this this day, but as people have said, and I haven't, I haven't done this, or I only did it once, you know, the brochures for the professionals, I think that's really powerful, especially if the professional knows that we had success in a way. And I'm in the medical field, so um, I will 12-step patients, you know, I'll say to patients, you know, I don't know if you have this problem, but a lot of people are addicted to these substances, and and I introduce them to the idea, at least, by plant that seed. And I often tell them that I have, I have that issue, which um, helps them to relax and relate also. So those are my comments for today. Thanks. Oh, I like them. Thanks, Vanita. Okay, next up we have Jessica, followed by Leah. Jessica, good morning. Yeah, hi. I'm Jessica um, S. from Ohio. Um, hi, Larry. Um, I'm a grateful couple over here. You know, the family cannot tell your story. You know, I find that even though my family wants to help me, they can't understand the depth of my compulsive overeating. They don't understand what lengths I would go to to get what I want. So I always have to, um, you know, have phone calls. I mean, like, for example, yesterday was Sunday. Okay, my family wants to spend time with me, but what they don't get sometimes is that um, they have to attend certain meetings, even on days when it's a holiday or on days when it's the weekend. You know, for, for instance, you know, tomorrow's the 4th of July. They can't get the fact that I, there's certain foods that I can't eat and there's certain substances that I can't eat, even though they will say that, you know, Jessica doesn't eat certain things, they can't comprehend that. I mean, like, for, for instance, last week my husband said or my significant other said, you know, um, how much do you want of X, Y, Z? 
but on a day like tomorrow, you might say, "How come you can't? How come you can't eat this?" And if I say I can't eat that, or how come you can't? Um, you know, why do you have to make all these phone calls? Why do I have to make the phone calls part of the, of a twelve step program? It's not a diet. You know, people have said many times in program that. It, um, if we only work step one, we're basically dieting with group support. And I have to, you know, I have to give away a loving step every single night. And I find that when I don't work the program and I'm only doing one, two, three, I, I find that I am basically, I'll have my face face down in the floor and they have been the cause of minimizing my relapse. I, I mean, there's many times that I don't want to do a step 10. There's many times that I, and I, I sometimes don't do it because I feel like I don't need it. And sometimes I use step 10 as a panic button. So I have to um, take this program as serious as I take my Depakote. You know, I have epilepsy. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thank you. Oh, thanks so much, Jessica. Okay, next up to share is Leah, followed by Sheila. Leah, good morning. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, everyone. Happy Monday to everyone. It is wonderful. Um, we are in this paragraph, and we are in the chapter of working with others. What is working with others? You know, it's not enough to lose the weight and just keep, you know, we got to keep it off and we got to continue our life. So as long as it takes you to lose the weight, and then how do you keep it off? you got to be who you are and where you are, and family is family. And um, what is amazing is that this this program has given the ripple effect. And what does that mean? Um, in working with another um, overeater, um, that woman was saying perhaps uh, she found out what I do, and she was asking if I can help her son. And um, miraculously, um, just, uh, you know, just stepping back and, you know, family members and then and, and discreetly trying to, hopefully, um, this person is going to get the help that they want to uh, and probably need desperately. So, you know, this program is just wonderful. Attraction rather than promotion um, continue practicing your 12 steps and try to help others, work with others, and just give over what you learned in this program. And, and it just will have that ripple effect. And with that, I pass. Uh, thanks, Leah. Okay, that was Leah S. And Sheila, before you go, we have Sheila B. next. I'm just going to give everyone a heads up because we're going to take more names. We're on page 91, the first paragraph. It begins, usually the family should not try to tell your story. And we're just commenting on the one paragraph on page 91, first paragraph. So with that, Sheila B., it's your turn. Good morning. Uh, yeah, good morning. Uh, Sheila B. in Florida. Um, I was listening and I heard the first sentence. Uh, family cannot tell my story. And uh, uh, I was out walking and came in and read it. But, and that was one sentence that still that I would name my family. My family cannot tell my story. Um, 
So my family can, uh, my family can, and they do sometimes tend to uh, look at me in shame. I'm, I, I, yeah, I have to say I'm in relapse right now, and would like not to be, uh, but uh, so they look at me, give me looks when they see me eating in the evening, and um, I went time my son because I hit something in my car. And he found it and just dropped it on the table in front of me. You know that they're embarrassing. They, it's not helpful. Um, it is more shame. So there's part to my story that I'd like to think that my family cannot tell, but um, but they can. And uh, I, I <laughs> it's funny. I said my name, but then I was like, maybe I'll just pretend like I don't have a good connection and I won't share. But I shared sharing because um, I am yeah um, I I that's just it um, they can't tell the depth of my story but there's some parts of my story they're not blind they can see they can see it they can see a difference and they can't tell and when they drop stuff it's 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 embarrassing but um, grateful that everybody is here and that I'm still on the call. <laughs> thanks. That's it. Oh, thanks, Sheila B. Yeah, I can I can relate to that. <laughs> they found all my rappers back in the day too, and it was very embarrassing. Uh thank God for recovery. Okay. If you haven't shared in the last three days, we're on page ninety one, first paragraph, please unmute and give me your first name and last initial. We'd like to share. Sherry D, Maryland. Sherry D. Who else? Don't be shy. You're among friends. Leslie W. Leslie. All right. Who else? Roz D. Roz. Who else? Loretta H. Noel J. And Noel. Anybody else? Andy L. Was that Andy? Did I get that? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. L. Okay, Andy L. All right, Johan. here's our urge. Johan. All right, let's stop there with Johan and we'll see where we get here. We got Sherry D, Leslie W, Roz, Loretta, Noel, Andy, and Johan. Sherry D, will you get us started this round? Good morning. Very happy to share the uh, compulsive overeater in Maryland. You know, I I love uh, all the shares that have happened. It reminds me that, you know, when this big book was written, there were not programs for the family afterwards. There were not programs for those other people. And I have to, I have to take responsibility for my part of creating the family that I have. I did a really great job of creating a lot of enablers. You know, over the years, I told stories, told lies, I hid things to, um, you know, make make things appear to look one way when in fact they were the complete opposite. I've had to make amends to my kids. They brought up how I used to put locks on the pantries when they were little and they thought it was because I thought they had a, a weight problem, a weight issue, and I had to let them know, no, 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 
that was because my binge foods were in that pantry and I wanted to make sure that nobody else got to them. And through all of my, you know, pay and weigh programs, I taught them that, hey, you know, I know this says I have to do this, but I think it'd be okay if I went ahead and had this, don't you? And I I taught them to be really great enablers. So now that I'm in a program where I understand that I have a spiritual malady and it's about staying away from my alcoholic foods, I have to like reteach them that no, you know, I can't eat safely my alcoholic foods and it's not okay to do it this one time. Um, Anyway, so I have to take responsibility for my part in creating the family that I have today. And it is a family disease, and I do need to sit down and explain and come clean with all of my behavior that has happened over the years. So I am a work in progress, and I will keep coming back. Thank you so much for your service, Larry. Oh, you bet, Sherry. Thanks for yours. And next we have Leslie W. followed by Roz. Leslie, good morning. Good morning, Larry. This is Leslie W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. Um, <clears throat> thanks for uh, thanks for the meeting this morning. And I just wanted to comment on the the sentence that says, "Usually, the family should not try to tell your story." I I really. Um, have learned over the years of being in this program that I have been historically way too dependent upon family members um, to not tell my story as much as I have to fix me, right? Just, just tell me what to do. Tell me what to do, Dad. Tell me what to do, Husband. Tell me what to do, Mom. Tell me what to, you know, tell me how I should feel. Tell me how, tell me, tell me who I should be. Um, fix me, you know, it's your job, it's your job to fix me. No, it isn't. It's my job to fix me. And the previous person mentioned responsibility. You know, it, it is so crucial for me to stand up and on my own two feet and say, this is who I am. This is what I need to do to get better. I don't have to really even explain it to my family members. I just have to do it. I've discovered that explaining things to them, for me personally, it's, it, does, it really does no good. Um, just simply because for so long I was all talk and no action. Um, I find it a lot more effective when I'm all action and no talk. So that's the way I try to live my life. Um, and without de being dependent upon somebody else, you know, to take care of me or to fix me because that's my job. And I have a higher power and I have a God who's going who's gonna to help me do that. So with that, I pass. Thanks, Larry. Oh, you bet. Thank you, Leslie. Okay, next up we have Roz, followed by Loretta. Roz, good morning. Hey, Larry, good morning. This is Roz G. I'm a compulsive overeater in Palmdale, California. 
recovered by God's grace. This is not one of those juicy paragraphs that um, you have to, um, you know, fight in line to get to talk about. And uh, I, I was just, you know, laying here in the bed and I was thinking, you know, do I really want to share on this? And um, when I don't want to share, that's probably the best time for me to share, you know, because my ego is the one that wants to share. Um, anyway, so uh, the family, I'm, you know, I've heard over the years, you can't, you can choose your friends, but you can't choose your family. Um, and my family are the people that can push my buttons the most. And uh, I learned in a, in a workshop over the, you know, and I've heard over the times, well, you know, ask God to remove the buttons so that they don't get pushed. And um, yesterday, my mother pushed a button. She sent me a text about a preacher preaching something about something in my life that I could use that I could listen to, it would help me if I listened to it. And I bristled with antagonism and I was very hurt over it. So that tells me that that button is still there. It, you know, if, if, if I had the St. Francis attitude about it, you know, injury, pardon, doubt, faith, despair, hope, darkness, light, not to, to so much to, to seek to be consoled as to console. I want my mother, my 83-year-old mother, to console me. I want my 83-year-old mother to understand me. But she, there's, you know, parts of this disease and my emotional um, buttons or well-being that she doesn't understand, and she and she probably never will. And I've learned, and I've written, and I've you know, gained access to and have a relationship with God, a power greater than myself to relieve me of the compulsion to eat and my and powerlessness over some character defects in my life. And so once again, you know, I have to go back and look to see, God, how can you remove this button from my life? And I don't know how much this relates to the paragraph, but, you know, because this was written so long ago that, but I, I do, I did talk to my sponsor about it and I, I was able to write about it in, in my step work last night. So I'm grateful that at least I have an outlet of step work of 10 steps that I don't have to eat over it. And I don't have to have the unreal, unrealistic expectation of my family understanding my emotions. They They never will. I need to, have that St. Francis attitude and seek to understand and love rather than to be understood. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Roz. Okay, next up we have Loretta, followed by Noel. Loretta, good morning. Good morning, Larry, and good morning all along with my precious God, who is saving my life, especially at this very minute. Loretta H. recovered in North Carolina. For me, this paragraph is historical, hysterical. I am in a family that actually has a lot of 12-step work behind them in another area. And um, what I found out from my four steps is 
what my problem is is that I want them to validate my program like I validated their program. And this is where I get myself into a lot of trouble. I love the other shares because it is my responsibility to understand, to um, be a worker among workers instead of expecting them to validate my recovery because I've been in recovery for a long time in another program and I've always validated them about that other program. And when I came into this program, I expected them to do the same for me in this program because, of course, I think it's harder. And they didn't do that because they don't understand it as the other. And I just must understand who I am. I must know who I am. I must know God in the terms of my recovery and that he guides and provides, you know, me in this area of compulsive overeating and not expect them to validate me with this. And this is where I get in trouble. And it is historical, hysterical. The issues are in my tissues. And what the first year was about, I don't even know if they program my buttons, but I think from being in that Walton on Drugs family um, before recovery, it just kind of oozed into me. So I am just so grateful that today I have a program that is my program and that is the only person that can diagnose me and tell my story is me because today it's a story of hopefully experience, strength, and hope. And the only person that needs to validate me today is God. And with that, I can survive in this day. And with that, I pass. Thank you, everybody. Happy freedom. Happy fourth. Bye. <laughs> Thanks, Loretta. Okay, we have Noel next, followed by Andy. Noel, Noel, it's your turn. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, can I be heard? You can. You're coming through great. Good morning, everyone. I'm Noel J. Um, grateful to be on the line this morning. Yeah, higher power is amazing, 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 amazing. This is exactly um, what I needed to hear this morning. I have a faith tradition, um, which I was participating in yesterday, and the topic um, in that space was gluttony. And um, I was looking at my leader and just listening to what he was saying, and he meant well. He meant so well. Um, but it was just like, wow, like none of this. I'm so grateful for the recovery that I have today because I, there were so many times when people with such good intentions would say certain things to me as a compulsive overeater, not, not understanding. Um, and it would hurt me and I would feel like a failure and I would feel shame and I would feel guilt because I couldn't do moderation. I couldn't eat just one slice or one serving. I couldn't do that thing. Um, and so to just have that understanding today that like I, you know, I am the, I am the, I don't know the exact words, but I'm that hardcore eater that the big book talks about. I'm not the mild one. I'm not the like 
one that can maybe put it down and hasn't crossed the line. I'm like, I'm past the line. Um, I'm there. So, um, and when, when you go into to OA meetings and they say, welcome home, I think that sometimes in my faith tradition, those spaces will try to be home for you or they will try to um, welcome you and, and be non-judgmental and all of these things. And that's amazing and that's wonderful. And recovery in 12 Steps has really showed me how to take what I like and leave the rest, be able to go into those spaces and get what I need and meet my higher power in those spaces, but also know that it's necessary for me to be on lines like this. It's necessary for me to to also supplement my faith with um, my recovery because I'm an addict. Um, I heard on this line maybe, I don't know, a year ago, someone was talking about being in the kitchen and it being dangerous. And for me, really recognizing that food is a drug, like food, it's not a game. (laughs) This is not a game, nor is it a joke. For me, it's not, you know, this light thing. Um, And the only people that understand that truly, truly understand that when I am in the kitchen, it's dangerous for me. When I'm out in the world, it can be dangerous for me if I don't keep in mind, if I don't have a fellowship around me, if I don't have people around me that really understand the danger that this thing will kill me and that it's not a game for me to eat one little thing or do one little thing here or there. Um, I really need I really need people like us to um, keep me in that space. So I love my family and um, freedom, right? Freedom from um, needing to to listen to, you know, freedom, just the freedom to know who I am, the freedom to know that, okay, those things don't apply to me. And there are people in this space, in this faith-based space that I'm in, maybe 80% of them, it does apply to them. So let them take it and let me go to my meeting because that's what I need to do. Um, so thank you so much for listening. I'll pass. Oh, you bet, Noel. Thanks for sharing. Okay, now batting, we have Andy L., followed by uh, Johan on deck. Andy, good morning. Good morning. This is Andy L. from Illinois. Um, thank, thank you for being here and for your service and for everybody on the meeting. Sometimes I forget that uh, this is live. I, I listen to a lot of the recordings. <laughs> so. I was like, oh, I can actually share this morning. It's not a recording. Um, so, yeah, the the n- not letting your family tell a story. I know when I first went to my my father in particular and w- was having a discussion about entering a you know twelve step program. Uh, you know, his, his commentary was like, oh, you don't need to do that. It's just a phase. You'll you'll get through it. Don't worry about it. Um, that, you know, I, I don't know why you're doing that. And um, it, it, you know, it was clearly I needed to, and, um, I, how, you know, he wasn't able to see that clearly I needed to is, is, is really telling. I mean, the, you know, we talk about the buttons and family, you know, my family, uh, growing up, um, you know, there was a lot of denial, a lot of denial about a lot of stuff, um, and really an un- unwillingness to, to really look at what was going on with, you know, in the family and with, with individuals in the family and how even, you know, the, the, the parents, what they were doing impacted the kids. And, you know, there's, 
there's a there's a lot of 12 step going on with the kids in my family uh, my brothers and sisters and um so there was just and and to this day i think you know some acknowledgement that we're all um in recovery um some acknowledgement that we've done you know that it's made a difference and 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 we're all better off um but certainly those issues were for you know my parents have they've just never ever really looked at them or addressed them so it it is it yeah i would i would never want um them telling telling my my story because they just there's an inability to there's just a lot of denial still a lot of denial about their behavior a lot of denial about not wanting to look at um what uh what happened to the family thing things like that so it would it would not benefit um would not benefit me or my brothers and sisters to have certainly have other other folks tell tell the story but you know luckily um i like the one of the other speakers talking about the the saint francis prayer um and just you know bringing love and to the situation and that's that's certainly what i try and do today and um i i do there was long periods of time where i couldn't really be around um um even my siblings um but now i can and i have a good relationship with most most of them i have a good relationship with uh with my father um uh, my mother passed away a long time ago but um you know so that's by the grace of god the, those those relationships are are probably the best they, they they can be and they're and they're 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 good and i think healthy and not damaging so um sometimes that's all you can ask for um yeah so i'm i'm very happy to uh, grateful that th- this this meeting's here and all of you guys are here and and i'm i'm um still pretty new to this 12 step program and and uh i really appreciate everyone being here with that I'll, i will pass thank you thanks andy for jumping in there okay next up some some say johan some say johan i'm going with johan Hey, John. How are you this morning? Hey, John. Good morning, Larry. Hey, you it's, are. Uh, Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Uh, my name is Johan, or actually in Swedish it's pronounced Yuwan. <laughs> I'm not trying that. <laughs> and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater, and I am uh, I am in Sweden in rainy Sweden today. The Swedish summer has has arrived, raining and raining. Um, yeah, thank you so much for service this morning for all these amazing shares on this paragraph. And I came in uh, I came in to program to recovery uh, through hospital. I was in hospital because of this disease for nine months, and I almost lost my life. Uh, and in the hospital, where the last place where I was in rehabilitation in the hospital, there was a guy, I think it's called curator or like a counselor. And, and he had been in contact with, uh, you know, meetings and things like that since before. So he approached me in the end of my hospitalization. And uh, I went to, with, to my first meeting with this guy. And, uh, you know, and to this day, I, I'm eternally grateful for that guy because he really saved my life. Um, and would my, if my family would have approached me, how would I have reacted? I think, uh, I think not so good. And uh, I can see that today as well. I come from a big family. 
I have uh, three brothers, three sisters. I'm the oldest. Uh, I have the uh, example both on my father's side and, and on my mother's side. And I thought that when I got into recovery, I got recovered uh, from my addictions and that people, you know, around me would, would you know, come to me and like, what, what, what have you done? Uh, and what has happened and how can I take part of this? Because everybody in my family has an addiction. If, if it's food, alcohol, drugs, or if it's not that, it's called dependency. Uh, but, you know, until this day, I'm the only one that are in, in, in the fellowships. And, you know, so the only thing I can do is just focus on my recovery. And it's very tempting to 12-step family. <laughs> and I have done that, uh, believe me. And believe me, it doesn't work. <laughs> it needs to come from inside themselves. And they know that there is a solution. And today I got, you know, small kids as well. And of course, I worry what's going to happen with them, or that they're going to develop an addiction. I'm, I'm, you know, an addict in, to my core of my being. Uh, I'm in free fellowships, and um, thank God I have, you know, recovered from three major addictions through through Big Book, which is uh, an amazing, an amazing, an amazing grace. Um so what can I as family do, you know, I can just focus on my recovery. What can I do for others, you know, like like my sponsors say, uh, recover, recover, recover. And that, that that's all. They they know all about, you know, my addictions. They know about um they they know about the fellowships I'm in, they know about recovery and things like that. But I can't I can't uh, I can't push it on them. I can't push it on anybody. You know, that's that's just uh, that's just the bottom line. But I'm eternally grateful that I'm recovered. That there is a solution. That I get to live in the solution one day at a time. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Johan. Okay, we we have time for maybe a one minute share. Does anyone want to step up for that? Jen C, Ohio. Jan, you got it. Yeah, we're we're just gonna, sorry, Janet. We're gonna just take Jen for one minute. Hey, Jen. Good morning. Hi, hi, Larry. Thanks so much for taking care of the meeting today. This is Jen C from Ohio. Um, I I think I could be super quick on this. I am such a visual person, and I can totally relate to buttons being pushed. And I even had one pushed this morning, but because of the visual that came to me from listening to the first share, I saw those movies. And I'm sure it, it's in real life where there's the nuclear bomb button, but there's that plastic cover over the button. OA, and most of all, God is my plastic button covering, or that plastic cover covering that button. I have to lift it. I have to get rid of that plastic cover in order for that button to be pushed. And I choose not to get rid of that plastic cover. I choose to have God protect that button. I choose the steps to guide me to get around those emotions and that it, that that friction that I feel. And so I'm just a super visual person, and that came to me this morning, and I just thought I'd share. So have a blessed day and happy fourth, and I'll pass. Uh, thanks. Thanks for wrapping us up there, um, Jen. I appreciate that. and. And thank you to everyone who's participated today. Uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study that's going to immediately follow our closing. 
Let me give you the share ID for this meeting for today, uh, Monday, July 3rd. That number is 20,406. That's 20406. We, we will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164. We're going to follow that uh, by the serenity prayer. And Nancy P., would you do us that honor? Good morning, Nancy. I will. Good morning. Nancy P. recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is a great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you. Until then.